That's a groovy button. What does it say? This is a presentation of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, a monkey's podcast. Live from Washington, D.C., it's The Larry King Show, America's favorite talk program. The Larry King Show is a feature presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System, featuring interviews with interesting guests and calls from across North America. And now, sitting in for Larry tonight, here's Mutual's Becky Bailey. Hello, Larry King is ill tonight, but he'll be back very soon. Meanwhile, we've got a great show lined up for you. Mickey Dolance of the Monkees is coming up in just a few minutes. And after Mickey, after we have some phone calls, too, to talk to him, we'll have the great singer Margaret Whiting. Hey, hey, it's the monkey Mickey Dolans. Can you hear me there in Los Angeles? <laughs> uh, blum, here I come. Oh, that's on right. The satellite. You know, I can't yeah. tell you how thrilling it is to uh, talk to you because when I was a teenager, I never missed your show, and now my daughters never miss your show on MTV. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, it's been you, a great year. I, I guess it has. What mm. prompted MTV to begin running your, uh, your shows again? Well, a uh, good question. I, I suspect that they were looking for uh, some alternatives to the uh, uh, the broadcasting they were doing in an ever-ending, a never-ending uh, uh, battle, uh, uh, you know, for ratings. Everyone uh, looks to that kind of thing. I, th- I think um, Columbia uh, Television, also who owns the, the rights, is always looking to to sell the show in syndication and mm-hmm. and to different stations. And they, the two got together. I don't know if they knew what would happen. Uh, I, ha- I had no idea it was happening. I was in England. I live in England, and, and I was there at the time, of course, and I'd never even seen MTV until I got over here last year. I know you have been spending many years in England directing, producing. Mm. I'm curious about your observations uh, and the, the difference in British performers, British show business compared to American. Well, I have many <laughs> observations. How, how long do you want to spend on this? Oh, <laughs> give us a few minutes. It's, uh, I'll give you a couple of minutes. Uh, two minutes and six seconds. Um, there's, there's a lot of differences, uh, I discover. The business is much smaller in England, uh, of course. And, and uh, in television, for instance, there's only four channels now. There was only three when I got to England, and now there's only four. And they, they don't even broadcast 24 hours a day. So... Consequently, there's not nearly as great a demand for material, and also the cream tends to rise to the top, and so I think that's one of the reasons why British television tends to be um, so good. Also, they, uh, they come from quite a literary um, heritage, of course, so the writing tends to be, I think, probably uh, um, a bit fuller, m- more complete. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. It's, it's also an attitude that, that, that permeates the industry, and not just television, but films, um, uh, and commercials, uh, television commercials, and everything, and it's this feeling of uh, of, of innovation. They have a uh, a real um, uh, they have a real problem with cloning. Um, in fact, whereas over here, if you have a hit show on the air, say um, the uh, next week, there's a you spin-off, have about right? four or five yes. <laughs> hit shows that are, are four or five attempts to <clears throat> to essentially duplicate duplicate the show that's been a success. And in England, it's the antithesis of that. Um, if you have a hit show on the air, it's the last sh- kind of show that you will get on the air is one that's similar because there's this constant, really uh, maniacal drive to be innovative and, and, and new and spontaneous because 
so for a program maker like myself, um, I tend to, to come up and, with and create many of the ideas that, that I eventually produce and direct. Mm -hmm. It's really um, a, a marvelous environment, as you can imagine, because they're always looking for new stuff. This is compounded by the fact that, that they don't rerun shows. They're not allowed to by actors' equity. They're only allowed to rerun a series maybe once or twice. So a series like Monty Python or Faulty Towers, which I think we've seen over here, uh, will only be rerun maybe a couple of times. Now, tomorrow night, you're starring in the Mike Hammer series, an American mm. television show. Yeah. This is a serious role for you. Is this something you've been wanting to do? Well, I, I've done it before. Um, I've been an actor for, dare I say it, uh, I've been in the business 30 years now, a bit longer, uh, mostly as an actor. And uh, I, so I've done dramatic roles before. In fact, one of my earliest was... Um, on Peyton Place <laughs> uh, against Ryan O'Neill, who beat me up. <laughs> uh, and uh, and we can't forget Corky, the circus yeah. boy, well, that's, right? That's true. Yes, that's true. That was actually, there was a lot of dramatic work in that. Uh, I had to do a lot of crying with my elephant when he was going to get uh, put to sleep or something. Um, <laughs> so, so I have done it before. Um, it is new in, 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 in the sense that I haven't done it for about 10 or 15 years. Uh, it, I can't even remember the last time. Uh, I think the last thing I did was The Point, which was a musical in, in London, actually, mm -hmm. uh, in the West End, Harry Nielsen's The Point, where I did um, <laughs> serious acting, I suppose. And I enjoyed it tremendously. It's a great show. Stacy Keach is absolutely incredible. Uh, it was so helpful. I was very nervous. I was really worried that I was going to mess up their show. And uh, Stacy was very supportive. Uh, David Hemmings was directing, uh, who I am a big fan of as an actor and a director. So that helped, and him being e English, of course, uh, helped. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered that the producer uh, on the show, John Anderson, happened to be my AD on The Monkees uh, when I directed, and uh, we actually co-wrote a couple of episodes together. So when I discovered all that, I figured, well, I can't go too wrong. I mean, you know, somebody there will be honest enough to tell me I'm making a fool out of myself. Anyway, I enjoyed it tremendously, and uh, uh, we had a great time. Gloria Loring was also on the show, and Edward Albert. They're doing a lot of that uh, this season, bringing on multiple guest stars in the series. And uh, I had a great time. It was really a lot of fun. You know, when you talk about having a great time, you, you always appear to have a great time. In The Monkees, at least, you did. And mm. I, I wondered, um, and perhaps you've been asked this question before, and uh, looking back on uh, your experience in The Monkees, you... Your group was maligned quite a bit for uh, charges that you didn't really play the mu the, the uh, instruments. On. Did you play the instruments? Do you now? Oh yes. Uh, well, th the the truth of the matter is very simple. Uh, the Monkees was a television show about a rock and roll group, like Star Trek is a television show about uh, a spaceship. Uh, we were cast as actors to play the parts of 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 these characters. Uh, I think that. Uh, it, was, it got a bit confusing uh, because, A, we used our real names, which one doesn't tend to do usually in a television series. And, uh, uh, B, we, we did become a group. And uh, we actually went out on the road in our first concert tour. We played uh, 150, 200 concerts. Um, our opening act was Jimi Hendrix, by the way. And uh, we played th those concerts entirely by ourselves, just the four of us, uh, doing all the songs all the time. Uh, and so it did come, become a bit confusing. People weren't exactly sure what we were or what we were doing. Uh, I think that a lot of it came, a lot of the uh, malignment, as you say, uh, came from the, 
uh, record industry. Uh, not so much from television. Uh, I think the television industry more or less knew what we were up to. The record industry, however, I think um, was, well, to be uh, frank, I think they were a little jealous of, of, mm -hmm. uh, of, the, of the way, the mechanism in which we found our success because we didn't come up through the ropes, as it were. We didn't come up and, and um, align ourselves with the, the, uh, the, um, the men and the, and the, and the uh, organizations that at that time and even today provide the promotional and support structure for, <coughs> uh, for hit records. We came out of left field with this television show. That was so successful. Mm. Yes, it was so successful. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we just started getting hit records, and the radio stations had to play the records. <laughs> they they didn't so have popular. any choice. Yeah, and so and, and people don't tend to like to do that, you know, kind sure. of be forced into something. So, But yes, we did play the, uh, pl play the, uh, the records. Uh, mm. uh, uh, initially, we, we did have a lot of studio musicians, as you, you tend to do uh, on, a, on a television show. And um, we gradually... Uh, uh, evolved into a, a fully-blown group, but I was cast as the drummer, and at the time I played guitar. <laughs> and, and, uh, so you I had to learn a little bit, huh? Very quickly, <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> but in all respect, it's yeah. not brain surgery. I mean, it's, it's just rock and roll drums, you know. Mickey, we're going to be back. Was Becky Bailey. Yes, and Mickey Dolance of the Monkees is our guest tonight from Los Angeles. You were talking about your fame uh, from this rock group, and now you're back on the road doing uh, concerts again. Do you find it grueling, tiring? I mean, you're not exactly the young squirt you were in that show, No, right? I'm not, Becky. That's very true. But uh, I'm sure that even 20 years from now, we'll probably be back doing the same old boom, here we come, walking down. Now, Mickey, um, yes, are you working out to keep in shape yeah. and all? I, yeah, I'm, I play polo, actually. Ah. That's my new uh, game. I played a lot of tennis, and uh, uh, I do play polo. But I don't know, you know, some people say now that you really can't be in rock and roll unless you're 40. <laughs> True. Uh, it, it is very grueling, yes, and I have a lot of respect for, for groups that are out there on the road doing this all the time. It was a very, very difficult tour of one-nighters, but very rewarding. Uh, you know, it was incredible, the response that we got out on the road. And it was... It makes it easy when you get that kind of a reaction. You can spend all of your energy in uh, really entertaining the crowd and just having a good time rather than having to work them up, as it were, mm -hmm. and generate that excitement. We walked out onto stage onto an incredible level of excitement and just kind of took it up from there. And we're going to go back. There's a tour planned for this summer already, a Japanese tour, I think, in April. I'm here in Los Angeles, actually, um, working on uh, developing the monkey movie which I will uh, direct. and um, Now, that will be, be some new fellows, won't it, in that show? No. Or it's going to be you no. guys? No, that's us. Oh, good. Uh, what, what, right. you're, what you're referring to is, um, is something else that we don't talk about. We don't talk about <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> no, we, uh, we're going to be doing a monkey movie. Uh, I, I've always felt that that was the, the, the way to go at this point in our career. I don't think that we could or should go back and try to do another television series as such. Because it's so difficult to try and recapture that particular, you know, uh, sure. element of our careers. So I felt that, that movies, summer monkey movies, you know, monkeys on the moon, monkeys in, under the sea, monkeys up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? A, the, a summer adventure, adventure comedy music film that we would hopefully start a franchise of these movies, as it were, um, coming out every summer with some new crazy... You see, the monkeys was, uh, was um, I think, uh, much more like the Marx Brothers 
than, say, the Beatles. In fact, it was John Lennon who first made that that comparison when he was asked way back in 1968 uh, about the mon monkeys versus the Beatles, which was um, everybody was uh, up in arms uh, about at the time. And he said the monkeys are not like the Beatles at all. They're like the Marx Brothers. And it's very true. Uh, that's a much more accurate kind of analogy, if you will, uh, about where we're at uh, as an act. It's not so much a band or a group. It's this act, like the Marx Brothers. And is it an act, or do you fellows really enjoy each other? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, we didn't grow up together. We were cast into this thing, so we're fairly individual in our, in our likes and dislikes and personalities. I think that's one of the reasons why it worked so well, is because we were so different. Uh, we, we don't step on each other's lines and worry about <coughs> conflicting personalities, mm -hmm. because the producers, I think, were very wise in their, in their choice. Um, uh, of, of these personalities, as it were. Mm -hmm. Now, you the, were all, oh, excuse me, but you were always portrayed as the inventive one, the, the one with all the ideas. Is that true? I mean, are you, when you're going out on, in your concerts, are, do you think of a lot of the ideas for the group? Well, I do tend to be the one that comes up with a lot of the, uh, the comedy uh, ideas, but Peter is the one that comes up with a lot of the musical uh, interpretations. Davy is the one that is comes up with most of the uh, live staging and uh, the set order uh, of the songs. He, he, he has an immaculate sense of, of timing in terms of a, of, of a set of an hour and a half show. Um, Peter has very heavy, strong rock and roll sensibilities. He's the, by far the, the most accomplished musician of, of the uh, act. And I do tend to come up with the more theatrical, um, uh, the comedy uh, ideas. And on the television show, yes, I, I tended to do that. That's why I'm the one that's kind of spearheading the, um, the, the, the movie, uh, mm -hmm. uh, on the movie uh, front and things like that. Now, you've made another movie called Repossessed. Can you tell us about that one? Well, no, we haven't quite made it yet. Ah, you're in, <laughs> I must, in the works? I must be honest, yeah. No, we are pregnant with script, ah. as they say. We are in our first trimester <laughs> of, of, of script. Uh, I... Uh, sold an idea to Warner Brothers, uh, an idea of mine and a friend of mine. We sold an idea, and uh, uh, my company here in, in, in Los Angeles that I'm associated with, Harmony Pictures, is uh, 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 going to uh, produce it. Uh, Stuart Gross is the co-producer along with me, and I, I'm hopefully uh, going to be directing. It's starring Michael Winslow, uh, that r very, very funny uh, young man uh, in the Police Academy movies that does all those funny voices, and we've written it for him. It's mm -hmm. a Warner Brother picture, and uh, <clears throat> and we're very optimistic. We the script's going to be uh, completed in just a few weeks, and uh, we hopefully hopefully it'll be uh, it'll uh, take off right away. And in the meantime, I'm working on a number of 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 projects. I'm bringing some shows over from England that I did there, and uh, change of format uh, rights and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, and no, indeed, sorry? No, I was just going to say, uh, enough of these uh, easy questions. I've got a toughie <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay. Um, considering what John Landis is going through, what's your approach to filming dangerous scenes? How do you feel about that? Well, fortunately, I guess I've never been asked to have to do that. Uh, not Nothing nearly as dangerous as that. I think that's a real uh, a shame. I think it was a terrible accident. And just that, an accident, in every sense of the word. I, 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 I can just imagine what it must have been like. <clears throat> um, I've been on, on sets a number of times when stunt work was being done or when, <clears throat> when scenes that had potential 
uh, danger were being done. But there isn't, I don't see any way that you can lay um, blame at, at, at the feet of any one man or, or any group of men. I can't imagine anyone was really um, negligent or, or being foolhardy. I think it was a tragic accident uh, and and should be considered uh, as as such on the other hand I suppose that that one has to does have to go through the investigation investigatory process to make sure that that it doesn't happen again but I've never ever been on a set in my 30 odd years in the business when there was when anyone was any less than diligent and careful and um, trying desperately to make sure that nothing did happen. And I have seen accidents on the set. In Circus Boy, for instance, there was a terrible accident uh, uh, involving a, a wagon that was supposed to be uh, supposed to have gone out of control or running down a hill. And I remember this vividly as a, as a 10-year-old kid. And the actors were in the wagon, and the wagon was all hooked up to a cable, and the cable was hooked up to a, to a car, uh, or rather a truck. And the truck was supposed to uh, let the cable out, as it were, and let this wagon supposedly run down this hill. And there was a lot of variables. And for some reason, the wagon came to a stop a bit more abruptly than it should have. And these two actors went flying out the front of the mm. wagon and, and banged into the ground. And uh, nothing too serious. Nobody got killed, unfortunately. But one guy had a very nasty uh, cut. And I remember that happening as a kid. And, and even then realizing that, Jesus, what an accident, you know, and nothing much anybody could have done to, pr to protect against it, save not doing it at all. Mm -hmm. But just scared the heck out of you, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Life must have been pretty fast for you during the late 60s as a member of the Monkees. Uh, how about drugs? Are entertainers still using a lot of cocaine despite all of the um, warnings? <laughs> and um, I honestly couldn't tell you um, because I haven't uh, been in this uh, uh, environment over here in Los Angeles for long. I know there's a lot of it around, and I have seen and heard about a lot of people that are on it, but I've also, and it's very encouraging, I've also heard a lot of people putting it down, and especially in the executive branches of the, uh, of the, of the film uh, and television companies. It's really a no-no. Um, if anyone suspects that you are on drugs, uh, uh, doing cocaine, uh, there's a distinct um, distancing effect. In fact, I have a, a terrible, um, ha I have a terrible allergies. Um, I'm affected by weather and by smog and by um, uh, all kinds of, uh, some foods and, and dust. And you can't tell because I'm hitting my cough button every few minutes, but <coughs> right. I have a, a terrible, I get colds easy and things like that, especially in England. And I've had people actually gone to meetings and then gotten feedback later after the meeting where they thought that I was on coke. And it's a it's a terrible, terrible uh, impression to give. Now, I think that the real, the real important um, power brokers and the people that really mean something in this business, no, I don't think that there's a lot of it going on at that level. But in certainly the, the secondary and the, and the lower echelons, it, it may well. In England, uh, it, it doesn't hardly happen at all, uh, to be honest. Uh, in the 60s... Uh, there was a lot of grass uh, around. A lot of just about everything, I guess. Well, yeah, but mostly just uh, just grass, and it was limited to very, very few people. Um, 
really. It wasn't nearly as widespread, of course, as it is now. Our guest uh, tonight... Okay, okay oh, Mickey, Lim, we're going to have to go for a okay. commercial, but I just want to tell everybody our guest tonight is Mickey Dowens of the Monkees. We welcome your calls, and this is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Give us a call at 703-685-2177. And this is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Larry tonight is Mutual's Becky Bailey. And our guest is Mickey Dowens of the Monkees. We'll go to your phone calls now. Cleveland? Mickey, great to talk to you. I grew up with the Monkees. Hey, what's your name? Uh, Mark. Hey, Mark. What is your question, Mark? Well, I have two questions. Uh, first, uh, I wanted to ask you about the, this work you did directing in England. What shows did you work on? Anything an American might have heard of? Um, no, uh, but with some people that you might have heard of. I worked with um, uh, the Monty Pythons, Michael Palin and Terry Jones. I did a, um, a, a short that David Putnam, who's now the head of Columbia, put together, who you might not have heard of, but <clears throat> he's a, uh, a real powerhouse uh, of, a, of a film producer. Um, I've worked with the uh, Spitting Image puppets, who um, I think have had a show now on NBC. And, uh, oh, I know what I, um, you might have heard of. Remember Fernwood Tonight, the uh, Martin Mull show? Oh, sure. I, uh, I brought that over to England and redid that as an English show. What's Martin uh, Mull like? I'm curious. No, not with Martin. Oh. No, no, with an English uh, uh, actor. You brought the version. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I, I got the uh, change of format rights and mm -hmm. did it over in England. And it was... Uh, it was very funny. We had, a, we had a great time doing that show. So there's not really anything that you would have uh, seen over here. I did a West End musical, uh, directed and wrote the book of a West End musical based on Bugsy Malone, the movie that Alan Parker did years ago. But mostly it's been television work, shorts, commercials, um, comedy, a lot of comedy, shows like, uh, you know, kind of like uh, of the Mork and Mindy and, and Happy Days genre. Uh, and things like that, and hopefully some of the stuff will be coming over. In fact, I'm bringing over uh, one of the shows that I uh, created and produced and directed called Luna, which I'm hoping to cast my 18-year-old uh, daughter in, who's an, a budding young actress now named Amy, and I'm going to try and develop that for her over here. You had a second question, sir. Yeah, um, I heard this rumor that before you did The Monkees, you did an episode of uh, Route 66. Uh, is this true? And like, uh, if it is, do you have the episode title or anything like that so I could uh, look it up? You mean we did Route 66 as the monkeys? No, I heard that you individually were on an episode of Route 66 before the monkeys. Not I. Um, <laughs> possibly, I'm wondering if Davy uh, Jones, because he was acting, of course, at the time, too, he might have, but I don't think so. I don't think... Now, I did an Adam 12, and I did Canon, and uh, I did, uh, well, before the monkeys, Mr. Novak and Peyton Place, <laughs> and a few shows like that, but not Route 66, I don't think. Well, this is Thank certainly you, monkey's trivia. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, Wheaton, Maryland. Good morning, Mickey. How are you? Hey. Um, I want to thank you. I saw you all at a Wolf Trap a few months ago, and I thought you guys were fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you very much. And I noticed in the background, I guess you would call it a roadie or somebody who changes the guitars or whatever, the guy was wearing a stocking cap and had long sideburns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that your idea? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we thought we'd, uh, we'd uh, have a little fun with that. And uh, when Mike came on the stage at the Greek Theater, actually, he got a big kick out of that. In fact, at one point, we thought we'd have all of the uh, roadies dressed up in wool hats and sideburns. <laughs> we ran out of sideburns and wool hats. Oh, uh, that was Ron. That was Ron, uh, our roadie named Ron. And, and uh, he did that every night. It was great. Oh, that was great. Where can we uh, write to you? I think the best place probably is to write to me at... Uh, 
Columbia Pictures Television here in Burbank, California. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Mickey. Take care and AMF. Thanks for calling Wheaton, and now we go to Boston. Good evening. Hi, uh, Mr. Dolans. Hey. Uh, could you tell me what it was like to um, write a movie with uh, Jack Nicholson? <laughs> it was a fairly interesting uh, little, uh, uh, little event. Uh, Jack, at the time, of course, uh, w w was an actor. Uh, he was an actor at that time. But uh, he'd only done a couple of B-movies, and, and Bob Rafelson brought him on the set one day and introduced him to us, and we fell in love with him immediately. And the man is, uh, is a tremendous personality. What was the movie, Mickey? Knows, this was the movie called Head, which the Monkees did in 1968 or 69. Uh, a very unusual film. I'm still not sure what it's about, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to do. It wasn't at all like a, a Monkey uh, episode, Becky. It was a uh, uh, very strange, eclectic <laughs> kind of episodic uh, uh, film. And uh, we, uh, we had a great time doing it. Uh, we, what we did was we went up to this resort up in uh, um, uh, California here in Ojai. Uh, the four of us, Jack Nicholson, Bert Schneider, Bob Rafelson, th they being the, uh, the producers and the motivating force behind the, uh, the series. And we sat around and we just brainstormed for literally three days, day and night, and came up with hours and hours of tapes and then Jack Nicholson took the stuff away, essentially, and, and, uh, and scripted it along with Bob and Bert, and we all contributed uh, a lot to it, I'd like to think. And it was, uh, as I say, it was a pretty strange movie. Did you like it? Didn't I? Hello? I was wondering if um, the new film is going to be anything like it and whether or not Mr. Nesmith is going to be in it. Mr. Nesmith will be in it. He has promised that he uh, and does want to get involved. Uh, it won't be probably quite as abstract as Head, but it also won't be as, well, shall we say, conventional as one of the uh, original episodes. Uh, probably somewhere in between. All right, let's go to Atlanta, Georgia. Hey. Mickey Dolenz is on. Um, hello there. Hi. Um, good morning. Um, this is um, Vern. And, Hi, Vern. Um, uh, I'm Vern. And I also wanted to ask you, um, concerning the film Head, um, first of all, is it true that the, um, the um, Coca-Cola um, people um, tried to have that film um, banned? I did hear something about that at one point. You're right. Um, I don't recall now uh, what happened. Obviously, they, it didn't succeed because uh, it stayed in. That, that scene did stay in. But I do remember something about that. They probably did attempt it. Um, for those of you that don't know what Vern and I are talking about, there's one scene in the movie where I uh, try to get a Coke out of a Coke machine, and it doesn't work. I'm in the middle of the desert, and I'm dying of thirst, and I put my, my quarter in, Nothing comes out, and I get very, very angry and start screaming and beating the, uh, the poop out of this Coke machine. And uh, eventually I, I get in a, uh, an, old, an, an Italian tank <coughs> excuse me, and, and blow it uh, sky high to, the, um, to much of the amusement of some Arabs that are sitting around on camels. You can get an idea what the movie's kind of like <laughs> with that little scene. All right, well, we're going to take a break here. Um, and Sitting in for Larry tonight... Here's Mutual's Becky Bailey. And sitting talking to me from Los Angeles is Mickey Dolence of the Monkees. Let's see here. Hello, Rochester. Hi, Mickey. Hi. Um, this is Rochester from Rochester, New York, and I was at both your concerts in um, the Rochester area. Oh, thank you. And I just want to say I really love the Monkees. <laughs> Great. Well, we'll be back in that area this summer. Really? Yep, we'll be back there, so we hope to see you then. Did you have a question? Yes. Uh... In our future um, monkey mania, 
Are we going to see anything besides the, the new monkey movie? Yes, we're right now. I'm, I'm very busy meeting with uh, writers about doing a special, a TV special, uh, and probably a, a live concert, including live concert footage of the tour that we just completed. And, of course, uh, there's an album that we're going to be recording in the spring. Okay. Hello, Detroit. Talk to us. Hello. Hi. You oh. have a question for Mickey Dolenz? Um, I've got three questions. Would that be too many? Well, let's see how <laughs> fast you can go. Okay. Um, well, I'm one of your, like, second-generation group of fans, and I think you guys are great. Thank you. Um, nice having you around. <laughs> What's your question? Okay. Um, I had these written out. <laughs> Okay, my first question was, um, what's your favorite Monkees song and album? Uh, that would probably be As We Go Along off the Head album. Okay, yeah, I like that one. Another um, question? What? Another question? Okay, next question. Um, now, all, I know all the albums, all the Monkees albums are back out. Yeah. I wondered if they're going to uh, be putting out any books of lyrics or sheet music, because some of your lyrics are... Yeah, they about. have. It's already out, and you can probably find it in your uh, local store. Okay, beautiful. And third question, um, I'm a writer, and I wondered if I could um, send you something I wrote just to get your opinion of it. Yes, please. Okay, how would I do that? Why don't you send it to me in care of Columbia Pictures Television, Burbank, California. Okay, beautiful. Okay. Mickey, who wrote most of uh, your popular songs from uh, the late 60s? Um, Carol King, Neil Diamond, uh, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart, Harry Nielsen... Uh, David Gates. Oh, just Paul a few Williams. unknowns, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no wonder uh, they did so well. Neil Sedaka. Yes, mm -hmm. I think that had a lot to do with the success of, of uh, the show, and I think it also had a lot to do with the, the, the continuing success, the, the longevity that we've enjoyed, because the stuff was not, um, not shabby. You know, those mm -hmm. people are, are not slouch songwriters. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Hello, Becky. Hello, Mickey. Um, I'd like to, for you to settle an old argument that I've been having with a friend for years and years. Okay. Um, Rumor has it that Roy Clark played the guitar solo on Valerie. If not, who did? No, it was Louis Shelton. Louis Shelton. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was the most difficult song for you to sing, or, or when you were recording your albums, which was there a particular song that you just dreaded to uh, to sing or play? You mean because I didn't like it? Uh, either or because you didn't like it, or it just was so difficult you just couldn't. Oh, I see. No, uh, uh, well, we didn't record anything we didn't like, uh, but. The, the most difficult song to sing was Going Down because of the, the speed of the lyrics. Uh, one more and I'll hang up. Give us some idea of what it was like uh, to tour with Jimi Hendrix and also uh, how did Neil Diamond and Carole King present their songs? Did they just come in personally or sing? No, Carole King and Neil Diamond were, were um, as, as they say, stable writers for Screen Gems music. Neil Diamond was writing jingles in New York. Carole King was here in L.A. and she, of course, had a, had a long string of hits way before the Monkees. Uh, Carol King and Jerry Goffin, and they would write songs. They were staff writers, as it were, for Screen Gems Publishing Music, which, uh, and the show being a Screen Gems show, naturally they went to their writers for songs, and so they would be writing just nonstop day and night for a lot of artists, and the Monkees, of course, got the, the, the cream of the material uh, when we started becoming very successful. Neil Diamond was submitting songs in, in New York uh, as he'd been doing jingles. Uh, as far as Jimi Hendrix, that was very interesting. I found Jimi in a club uh, in New York actually playing uh, guitar for Albert Hammond and somebody said you got to come down and see this uh, guy play guitar with his teeth which I, I did and <laughs> sure enough there he was <laughs> 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 and uh, 
And a few months later, I was at the Monterey Pop, Monterey Pop Festival, and lo and behold, there's Jimi Hendrix, and he'd gone to England and found Noel and Mitch, and, and they'd started the experience. And I said, hey, there's a guy that plays with his teeth. And just simultaneously, we needed an opening act for the, uh, for the monkey tour, and the producers liked him too. And so uh, they hired him, believe it or not, and Jimi Hendrix was the opening act on the, on the first leg of the tour. And during the tour, he, he broke a, a record, his first record, and then uh, asked to be released to New York to start his own uh, tour, of course. And... Uh, and needless to say, we we we, uh, we, uh, we agreed. Um, it, it was very difficult for him uh, on the Monkey Tour, uh, as you can imagine. Uh, it was difficult for all of the opening acts because basically uh, the kids were there to, to see us, and, and whoever it was that came out had were confronted with a lot of "We want Davy, We want Davy," which is pretty tough when you're doing, you know, Foxy Lady or Purple Haze. And I always had the we impression... We had a great time. We he, had a great time back He took himself very seriously, too. Jimi Hendrix did, I think. Didn't you have that impression? Well, he took his music very seriously, mm -hmm. but he had a great sense of humor. He was a very gentle, very naive boy. He was, he was a child, uh, and uh, yes, I'm sure he did take his music seriously, but um, I never detected any, you know, great uh, uh, sense of, um, of self or, 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 or sense of arrogance or, or self-importance, mm -hmm. no. Tustin, California. Hello. Hi, Mickey. It is the thrill of my lifetime to talk to you. Well, thank you. <laughs> my name is Renee, Hello. and I have written a music video for you guys for Anytime, Anyplace, Anywhere. And oh, yeah. I sent it to Arista, uh, let's see, in October of last year, and I got no response. Oh, dear. So I would like to get it to you. It's, it's a really neat thing, and I think you guys will like it. Well, um, thank you very much. Yes, we're not on Arista uh, any longer, um, but send it to the address that I just... Uh, I you can gave, repeat it once more. Columbia Pictures Television in Burbank, California. Okay, and that's, that would be to your attention? Yes, please. Okay, I love you guys. You're terrific. Thank, thank you. you. Hi, Austin, Texas. Hi, this is a 40-year-old hippie girl, and I just want to say thanks for, uh, you know, making the music available to my son, and now my son would like to ask you a question. Okay. Okay. Hurry, scurry. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, Hi. Will you, ever be will you ever be touring Austin? Oh, yes, we will. Uh, again, I'm sure this summer. We were in Austin this last, uh, this last summer. In fact, I think we might have been there a couple of times or in the area, and we will be coming back this summer. Will you be... Hello? Yes, Hello? go ahead. Um, will you be in Austin this summer? Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. I think that was one of your younger fans there. Yes, I'll say. Certainly. But isn't that flattering to have oh, fans of, of all ages? I mean... <laughs> Wide demographics, as they say. I guess that's what you would call it, certainly. <laughs> all right, we're going to be back with Mickey Dolans for a few more phone calls after this message. Here we come. Walk down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. Live from Washington, D.C., it's the Larry King Show. Sitting in for Larry tonight, here's Mutual's Becky Bailey. And in case you haven't guessed, we have a monkey on tonight. Mickey Dolance. Hello, Washington, D.C. Hello, Becky, darling. Hello, Mickey. Uh, Hello. I don't know who I am. And remember, we've been in 
children's together for many years, and I love your music. And it's not how you sound or how you feel, it's how you look. And you look marvelous on the stage. And I have one question for you, darling, which is the Rolling Stone uh, interview or poll of the people. They said, welcome back, monkey. Yet, at one point, they said, you were the most unwelcome comeback. How do you feel about that, darling? How can you withstand such controversy? Uh, I could care less. <laughs> I mean, especially what Rolling Stone says. I, I've never been desperately impressed with with their uh, their attitude. Uh, it never really made any difference, and it still doesn't what anybody thinks about uh, uh, the monkeys. It didn't matter back in the 60s, and it... It doesn't matter now, quite honestly. It's uh, incredibly successful, and that's the important thing. Uh, I, quite honestly, I, I, I don't think I've ever even read the magazine myself. Fantastic. You know, that's a good attitude, because <laughs> it's not how you feel, it's how you sound. And everyone loves you, darling. And remember, you sound absolutely marvelous. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your call. Hello, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, Mickey, we saw you in Kalamazoo. Uh, I'm, uh, this summer we saw you. And uh, I'm college age, and we we died when uh, MTV ran the first the first uh, marathon session. Uh, we were in a, we were in the dorm, and man, we were cracking up. Oh, great! We loved it. I have a question. Uh, I'm going to use you as a resource. You being from England, uh, mm -hmm. are you familiar with the show The Young Ones? Very familiar. Okay, can you give me? I'm just uh, curious. Do you know the status of that show now, and uh, why are there only like eight episodes on MTV? I'm asking you because you, know, you might. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, first of all, they would have only done a few episodes. Uh, again, in, in England, uh, they don't tend to, to do 40, 50, 60 episodes because there's no reruns and there isn't the daytime syndication stripping of a show. So the producers are not motivated necessarily to, to, milk, it, to milk something dry. They, they do only as many episodes as works uh, uh, for that particular show. So that's the main reason. Um, and then the actors and the writers... Uh, tended to uh, tend to go on to to other things that they are th those same characters or same actors Rick Mail and Ed Edmondson are uh, are doing another show I gather though I haven't seen it because I was over here when they did it um, but I've worked with uh, with Rick and and Aid as the Dangerous Brothers uh, I don't know if you've seen any of that very very talented boys I'd love to do that show over here or a, an American version of it okay thanks for your call. Okay. Hi, Greensboro, North Carolina. Hi, Mickey. Hey. Mickey, this is John. I just wanted to tell you what a true fan you have in my girlfriend, because when you guys came to the Dean Smith Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, mm -hmm. last fall, um, during one of the intermissions, she managed to fall down a flight of stairs. Oh, dear. Kind of banged up. Uh -huh. A person would have stayed in the first aid room, but bleeding, <laughs> she came back and had one heck of a time at the show. Oh, well, uh, tell her I'm sorry, and I hope she's uh, better. Uh, she's fine. And, uh, okay. Terrific show. Thank thanks, you. thanks for your calls. Uh, we have a couple more minutes, uh, Mickey. What, what are your immediate plans now? Uh, well, working on this film here, of course, and uh, I'm going to watch uh, my camera tomorrow night <laughs> and see if I can, should continue my, my career as an actor or not. Uh, Are you going to go back to London to see your family no, soon? No, no, no. My family's out here. I oh, brought you got the entire out. family out. We just got a house here in in Beverly Hills, and I'm getting a polo pony. So, no, I'm here for for a, a while, for at least a, a, a year, and I probably will spend uh, a half of each year now here. I still have the place in London. I'm developing a number of uh, of ideas, uh, 
television series and movies and um, you know all kinds of projects uh, uh, in, in all the different uh, mediums. So I shall, I shall certainly be here, and uh, of course uh, we're going on tour, as I say, this, this summer. And then there's this movie that um, hopefully we'll be shooting uh, by the summer or shortly thereafter for a Christmas release. So I've got, got a full schedule. Where would you like to see Mickey Dolenz in ten years? Are you going to retire young, or will we be... <clears throat> oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I could do that. I think uh, um, uh, basically continuing my career as a director, I would, I would say, and... But in, in all aspects of the business, I, I, I think I'll stay in this business. I have to. I don't know any other business. Why do you I don't think I could do anything else. Why do you say you couldn't retire young? I mean, uh, well, what is I it just, about you? <laughs> oh, uh, So much energy? I, or? Well, maybe. I mean, the word retire to me is just a you know, horrible sounding word. I mean, it's like going to sleep or you know, forever or something. You know, retire. It's like retread. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't imagine ever, ever actually retiring completely, but uh, uh, I think I'll probably end up doing um, uh, some things that are very uh, near and dear to me, uh, the, you know, projects that I've always wanted to do. Are there any songs that uh, you and the Monkees would like to record that you haven't? I mean, do you see future recordings by you? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to probably be doing my own solo album. Uh, Davy has a solo album that's uh, going to be released soon. I'd like to do a solo album, I think. One of the things I miss most about performing, actually, was, uh, was recording. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's, it's a very private thing, yet, it's, yet it is performing. But it's, uh, it's you know, kind of a private, uh, a private act, and I quite like that. So I'll certainly be doing some more of that. And, and i got to tell you, Becky, I, um, I, uh, it's really nice having someone ask me some... Uh, some uh, questions of substance. Uh, I thank you for that because usually I get asked, you know, more or less the same things. I understand. Fairly one-dimensional, and I appreciate you. Uh, well, thank you, Mickey Dolenz, for being with us tonight. And uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have the lady who sang that old black magic, Margaret Whiting, with us. This is the Larry King Show.